Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Beautiful Sunday morning outside, 10.06, as people are going for their walks or their runs or their bikes or just smoking up and down the, the waterfront. Let me let me throw this out there, not to be a, a Debbie Downer on this one, but enjoy the hell out of this beautiful weather now because the fact that it's May and it's this beautiful means it's going to be very dry and we might get smoky fire year at the end of the summer. So if this is going to be our summer, enjoy it now. Enjoy well, it now before we get smoke in the air and we can't go outside as much. Well, don't and also don't be an idiot. At the, you know, don't be an idiot if you're going camping, if you're in the woods, if you're in the forest and everything like that, man. Camp, do a campfire safely. You know, make sure you put it out correctly. Make sure you're not by a bunch of uh, dry trees and like, come on, man, just be. What would Smokey the Bear do? Think about that before you go out there, man. Only you can prevent forest fires. You, know, forest fires. you think I, about that. I'm going to throw this out there because I know on this show I've, I've talked about this at length before. Um, I'm going to be going camping at some point this summer. Who's going to go camping at some point this summer? Me. Me who? Me, Mike Lynch, the oh, Jew who doesn't camp. You're not going camping. You're going glamping? You're going outside no. in, your, in your backyard? So, uh, my girlfriend is a very, 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 very big outdoorsy camping girl uh, i am not that way it actually makes me incredibly uncomfortable to do something like camping but you know in the name of a relationship and you know she's tried things that i like and this is her like favorite thing in the world i was like start me slow let's maybe go for a long hike through the wilderness first let's just get me acclimated to all this and at some point this summer i will be going camping and actually sleeping in a tent Camping is so much fun. And I am terrified, but excited at the same time. Seriously, the thing, the key is, the adult key is, you get as drunk as possible. <laughs> and this way, when you sleep in that tent, like, you're not really thinking about, you know. You just fall asleep because yeah, you're drunk. You're, yeah, fall asleep because you're drunk. You wake up because 
you're uncomfortable, so you get up early and everything, and so you're not worried about anything else. I like, like how you have that as a selling point. Like. Seriously, like honestly, like <laughs> you, when you go camping, it's not for the sleeping part, right? Like so, the sleeping should be the least important part of you know the camping. You trip. wake up because you're uncomfortable. You wake, nice I mean, early. well, you're not sleeping in your on your posturepedic bed, like you're. You get up and sleep it's a little, over bed. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, my fault. Oh, you got memory foam, eh? Nope. Oh, okay. That's the air mattress one. The uh, sleep number, like slug, com- slug comfort. Oh, is that the one where I can you can put the wine on the bed and I can jump? No, that's Tempur-Pedic. Okay. This is the one where you have the remote that you change the firmness of it. Oh, you have. Oh, you have one of the ones that recline that that reclines up. They, they I don't, but they have those. Like the hospital do. bed. Sure. Okay, that's awesome. It's very fancy. There you go. I feel very special. Well, you're not going to have one of those when you go camping. No, I'm going to have a ground Yeah, you're and maybe have like a an air mattress. No, there might be a, a bit of an air mattress, but you'll enjoy yourself, man. All the beers that you can drink, you know, do some grilling out there. Stay up, look at the stars for a little bit. Yeah, you know? she she is very, very much a camping girl, and she has been for a long time. So I will just let her deal with the things. Camping is fun. And bro. I'm going to try my best to enjoy it. Now, how long are you going? Just the night, right? Uh, probably to start just one night. Yeah, just, that's perfect. I think I think it's going to be. Sl- she told me she likes to do true roughing it camping, like not campgrounds, but like just going into the forest and finding a place to camp. That's what she does. So at some point, I'm going to be doing that. I imagine, but to start, it's probably going to be a campground. It's probably going to be pretty chill. Don't spoil yourself, man. Go ahead and go. And I'm going to – I just got to start slow because I'm uncomfortable. That's well, all. I mean, I think one night is perfect. You know, if you're just going to go up for, for one night and everything in camp, that's that's exactly what you need to do. So you could go to an actual um, forest somewhere and, and go camping just for the one night. If you're going for two days, no, you want to be somewhere else. But just for a, a quick little down and back, that'll be perfect for you. She's very, very excited to show me. I'm excited for you, man. I know you've talked about it, and I was like, look, you're probably never yeah, going to see I pretty much asked it. you to go, and you were like, nah, no, well, it's not really. The, th- a- the things you do for lovers. Which is weird. The black dude is asking the white guy, hey, man, let's go camping. And the white guy's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's where role reversal if I've ever Didn't seen it. Didn't we play man? that song on the show once? It's, it's literally a song on YouTube called Jews Don't Camp. And it's a whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. I think we played it on the show once. Brothers don't camp either. We're not out there, you know, like that either. You're not going to find, guarantee, if you go to Prineville or, or Estacator or somewhere where there's some campground, you're not going to find a bunch of brothers out did there. You, did you see that in Prineville, there's a place called Prineville Reservoir, and it yeah. got designated as a, like, uh, I forget the actual technical term for it, but it got designated as a protected place for dark sky where you can actually see, like, the bands of the Milky Way and stuff. It's the first place in Oregon that that got designated that, and it now is going to be protected from light pollution even more than it had been. I so did not know that. If man. you want to go to a place where you can see the most vast universe you can in Oregon, I guess Prineville Reservoir is the place to go. Yeah, I've only been to Prineville to do some fishing and stuff like that. I go with some some friends. That's some one thing brothers do do. We're pretty 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 solid fishermen. I love you fishing. Know. Yeah. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I didn't take you as a fisherman. That's awesome. Uh, I like and it you'll because you'll have fun when you camp because that's one thing you should definitely do. If my grandfather was big into fishing, and that was kind of our bonding thing. So that's what's up, yeah. man. Well, shoot, hot camping and fishing talk, eh? Yeah, I don't know why I thought of it, but uh, it pops I'm, into my head, and I figured you would appreciate knowing that, considering how how much I did not want to go when you offered me. I was like, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with camping. I'm <laughs> feeling like it had something to do with me now, but it's all good, man. I'm glad you're going. I'm glad you're going. Hot camping talk here. On Sports Sunday. Okay. Well, coming up next, uh, Hall of Fame guys. I guess we can fit in both segments about the guys who just got in and the guys that are on their way in. That's coming up next right here, Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 
We back. Last night, pretty uh, historic day for the world of basketball. If you're a basketball fan, especially if you're a basketball fan that was a teenager or a preteen in the late 90s and into the 2000s and stuff like that. Um, What I consider, and I think what most people will probably consider for a long time, uh, the greatest Hall of Fame class ever um, was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame last night. Uh, Those names include... Uh, all-time great coach Rudy Tomjanovich, who doesn't get enough credit for um, really being the the catalyst for that Houston Rockets team winning two straight championships in the absence of Michael Jordan in between there. Um, you have the great Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. You have my two favorite players of all time, which are one, Tim Duncan, and the other being Kobe Bean Bryant. Now, Tim Duncan's, uh, I think his speech was about as Tim Duncan as it can get. Very fundamental. Thanked all the right people. Thank you, Pop. You know, Pop missed the game. He didn't go to the Spurs game. Didn't coach in the Spurs game because he wanted to be there for the most important player in his franchise's history's, you know, um, journey to the Hall of Fame. Is uh, Did he have any sort I didn't watch yesterday. Did he have any sort of, like, of the funny – dry Tim Duncan jokes. So I didn't see, I didn't see most of it. Like okay. I only got a chance to, I, by the time I caught it, it was towards the end of his speech when he's thanking pop for everything. So I actually recorded it. So I plan to watch it when I, when I get home. But uh, I think that's what we're looking for though. Right. That every those, once in a while, Tim Duncan does drop those and it makes it that much funnier because he's so dry. Normally Tim Duncan is, was quietly one of the funniest guys in the league. Like if you ever saw any of this behind the scenes things we, that he did with the Spurs or when he's just kind of doing random interviews about something, you know, he's great. Do you remember that commercial where it's, I think it's like an American express commercial where uh, Tim Duncan gets pulled over by the police or something like that. And they're like, do you know how far you, how fast you were going? And he just gives him that Tim Duncan stare and doesn't say anything. I don't, I it, don't know that one. The, no, it's the funniest commercial. He's, he's getting a, he's going through some contract negotiations. Like, what do you think about 5 million? And he just stares at him. <laughs> and, you know, the whole commercial doesn't say a word, super funny, but that was, you know, Tim, uh, Tim Duncan and his character and really the quietest winner of all time. I feel like Tim Duncan may be, uh, maybe disrespected is the, is the wrong word, but the like, there's not a re- lot of reverence for Tim Duncan. That's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. There's not a lot of reverence for him and watch, you know, you watched him play and he wasn't flashy and you know, he was, he played the center position, which is a lot easier to kind of just fade into the background and just do your thing, right. Get boards and, you know, be good at you know getting the shot up and playing good defense and all that. But Tim Duncan is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I mean, and he wasn't Shaq and he wasn't boisterous and he wasn't bigger than everybody else. And he couldn't, you know, he didn't break the backboard, but he was, he was the big fundamental. He did everything correctly. And I, I think, you know, we forget like it's when you're so good for so long, it's easy to kind of forget some of the things you did. Like Tim Duncan, first overall pick from the Spurs. The Spurs were terrible when they got Tim Duncan that year. Because David Robinson, they were Robinson was hurt. hurt. Yeah, so they were terrible the year they got Tim Duncan. He was an all-star his rookie year. Mm-hmm. People don't remember that. You know, I remember people don't remember the – it was a Sprite commercial with Kobe and Tim Duncan, and Missy Elliott was in it, and they was rapping and stuff and playing one-on-one, and that's the day I was like, oh, I like Tim Duncan now because he's in, he's in the commercial with my guy Kobe. But I think it's one of those things you, – you don't talk about Tim as one of the greatest, but then you bring up start bringing up positions. Who's the greatest power forward of all time? It's Tim Duncan. And it's, I don't think it's a debate. But if there were a debate, I think the other guy people would say is the big ticket Kevin Garnett. 
Now, KG was a basketball player. Like, Tim Duncan was the big fundamental, but KG was basically a seven-foot point guard yeah. that could dribble the ball. There's this, there's this clip of him at Team USA practice, and they're playing like um, uh, they're like one-on-one, almost like a um, – what's the name of the game I'm, I'm thinking of? I can't, I can't, it's spacing me right now. But basically he's playing one-on-one up and down, the one shot to, to win. And against – Man, all these, man, great players. KG's bringing the ball up the court, man, breaking them down, getting all the way to the rim, doing whatever he wants. Like, that was the type of player that he really, really was. And you talk about loyalty. We talk about Dame and the fact that he's been so loyal to Portland and has outwardly said, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm going to build a championship right here. Like, KG had to pretty much be forced out of Minnesota because they said, man, we don't want you to keep losing here, bro. We got to get you. Said, like, they Minnesota had that much respect for him to say, man, we don't, we're rebuilding. We're doing something else. Like, we want you to go be successful. I, I feel a little bit bad about my viewership of Kevin Garnett uh, because when he was in Minnesota, I didn't watch them that much. I mean, I lived in Jersey. I'm not watching a random Timberwolves game, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I played with him on, like, a video game or, you know, I, I would do these, like, one-on, like, solo basketball games where I'd play each team. Right. And I'd swip, swap possessions. You know, I'd be the Timberwolves and I'd be Garnett and I could, I could you know, do that kind of stuff. But I started watching him more when he went to the Celtics, and I didn't like the Celtics. Hated the Celtics. That that team irritating. When they created the big three there, the super team, I hated it. So I kind of naturally grew to hate Kevin Garnett. He's an easy guy to hate. Partially because of his personality, but also just because he played for the Celtics. I kind of wish I gave the Timberwolves more time when he was there to truly appreciate his greatness when he was playing when I was a kid because I I hated him. I, I, I hate watch the Celtics. Yeah. And so the, I didn't really appreciate Garnett. I just got mad when he played well. And the thing about Celtics KG is, you know, it was KG was always a very outspoken, you know, loud, boisterous type of type of guy. But then he got around people that could play and it, it amplified it. And all it did was just make it louder. And you know, when you're in Minnesota, you can say crazy stuff and you're just oh here's you can play for Minnesota, nobody cares. But you play for the Celtics now, you're making this noise. It got a lot of people's attention. But KG, the basketball player, man, hey, man, for, for 10 years in Minnesota, 11 years in Minnesota, he was as good as it gets. There, yeah. I mean, honestly, there's, to me, in my, there's three people that can take the crown of the greatest power forwards of all time. And Malone is just kind of on that list for me. You know what I mean? But Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Zach Collins. That's, oh, there Duncan. you go. Bingo. Z-Easy. Those are the guys. <laughs> those are the guys that I say, man, when I'm thinking about power forwards, like, you're right. Tim Duncan wasn't as as big as Shaq. Then you look at their numbers, almost identical. That's crazy, right? It to is. look at Tim Duncan's numbers and look at Shaq's numbers, he just wasn't career, spectacular. Always just just almost identical to the T. He was spectacular, but his game wasn't a spectacle. No, and you know whose game was a spectacle is number eight or number twenty four or whatever you call him, Kobe Bean Bryant. Yep, my you- favorite player of all time. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch. Did you get to see? I did see Vanessa's, Vanessa's speech, speech, and it it makes you want to cry. You know, it just it's just one of those things. Like, it's still so crazy to think that you know Kobe and his daughter passed in a in a a tragic helicopter accident. Like, really? Like, I mean, it's it's hard to even one whether, month whether, before before COVID nineteen. Yeah, it's it's all, and I think that was the thing. That was the first thing of twenty twenty one. I was like, oh, this year is gonna suck. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Excuse me. Yeah, man, this year is gonna suck, bro. Like when that happened. It's like, okay, that was a dark cloud of everything. And then it just kind of made it easier for, for us all to kind of go into depression after COVID happened because that was crazy. But Kobe Bryant, 
outside of Michael Jordan, the most creative score to ever play basketball. Like, Kobe did things, like, during the games. I was like, what? Like, I remember when Vince Carter threw a lob to himself during the uh, during the All-Star game, and Tracy McGrady would throw lobs to himself during an All-Star, during, during a regular season game. It's like, oh, that's crazy. Kobe pump fake threw a lob to himself, like, when he's on the block, basically, throws a lob to himself off the backboard and scores, like, in the middle of a tight game. Like, who does that? You know, who, like, little stuff like that, like, the toughness of this dude. I had, I had this T-shirt, and it was Kobe's right hand, and it was all these, you know, things that happened to his hand, lacerated finger, broken thumb, doing this, you know, and everything. And then it just had his five rings, you know, on the on the hand. I was like, man, that's that's brilliant. I remember this dude played with a broken right hand and had to play left-handed and then murdered the, uh, the 76ers and the Warriors, like, in consecutive games. Like, that guy was just unreal. And so just I'm, I'll say all that to say, like, the the impact those dudes had on a generation. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're a big dude, you want to play like KG. You want to be able to run the floor. You want to be able to dunk like that. You want to be able to shoot like him. Like he made it okay to be a big dude and not just be on the block all day trying to get rebounds and putbacks. Yeah, I uh, I saw a tweet yesterday that kind of spoke to what you're talking about a little bit. Is how crazy is it that guys that we watched growing up are going into the Hall of Fame now? That's isn't that kind of mind old, mind bending a little bit? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like, wow, okay, like these are guys that we really, you know, maybe idolized if that's kind of your thing or just watched and enjoyed or, you know, tried to imitate on the court or whatever. And now they're in the Hall of Fame. It's, you know, every time you watch a Hall of Fame ceremony, you're like, ah, oh, the olds are going in. Guys that I've heard about but never got a chance to watch. And now it's like. Now those are, these are our guys. Now the kids are like, well, I didn't get a chance to watch Kobe Bryant, but I've heard great things. You know, it was the him. first time for me that that happened when Griffey went to the Hall of Fame. Mm. It's kind of like, holy hell, like and Griffey is old enough to be in the Hall of Fame, yeah. you know, at this point. And, like, for, for me, like, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, my, or I'll never have another favorite player. I'll have guys that I enjoy playing or enjoy watching. There will always be you know, Kobe, right? But I will never have another poster on my wall of, you know, ex-player. You know what I mean? I will never want to go buy the jersey of this guy anymore. Like, you probably will never buy another baseball poster to hang on your wall, maybe in your office somewhere but never to hang in your wall of your room like right. that. That age is over. That'll never happen again. So to see your guys, your generation and everything go into the hall of fame, which is the ultimate honor. Like some, some guys like Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, who never won a ring say like that. That's that validates me. That lets me know that man, all this work wasn't for nothing. Like I was able to at least make my imprint somewhere, make my impact. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just really glad to be an eighties kid. And to have grown up in the in the '90s and the 2000s and really seen, I got a chance to see Magic, got a chance to see Jordan, I got a chance to see at least Larry Bird for a little bit. I saw the Dream Team when they came here to Portland. You know, like I'm able to say, like I've seen some of the greatest athletes, some of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I, I missed that by just a tiny bit. Yeah, because I was born in '89, so I didn't start watching sports until '95, '96. Mm -hmm. So I missed any of the guys who played late '80s, early '90s. Even, any sport, yeah, I didn't see it. And with my parents being such, or excuse me, my grandparents being such like huge Laker fans, like I was forced fed, you know, the Lakers as a kid, and it's like so have to watch them all the time. We got a chance to see how good Magic was, and how good Jordan was, and how good all these guys were. Question then: If you got to see Magic play, in that sense, you know, we have the debates and the questions about best point cards of all time and all that kind of stuff. Is does Magic? How should I ask this? If Magic were playing today in the exact same way that he played, would he still be one of the best point cards of all time? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I think there's the, the thing about Magic that was so great is 
he, he Chris Chris Paul is still playing all these years because he has amazing court vision. He's able to see everything on the floor, like before you're even able to see it. Like Magic has some of the greatest passes. Like not even the flashing was like, oh my god, how do you, how do you see that guy? Like where did he even come from? Like coming down the court, oh I don't even know this guy was right behind me. He feeds him the ball behind his back and. There's his big for the dunk. It's like there's little things like that. You know, Magic wasn't, a, like Chris Paul, wasn't a dynamic scorer, you know, but would give you 17 to 20 a game. I think his greatest scoring season, Imagine he averaged like 23. Imagine today and shot threes, though. Magic he, never really shot threes. And, right. that's, like, that's, and that's the cold part about it. Like, he was, he was more, like, as a scorer, he was more Ben Simmons than anything. He wasn't taking a whole lot of jump shots. He was everything he was getting was at the rim. And then, oh, you look up and he's got 13 assists as, as the game is getting ready to be over. Like, that was the brilliance of Magic. I think there are certain guys from those eras that could play in any era. Jordan is going to translate any era. Magic is going to translate any era. I think Larry Bird probably is still really good in the NBA. Who's I don't know. Say, who's he's... the best player who doesn't translate that you watched? Ooh, best player that doesn't translate. Man, Akeem Olajuwon could shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just probably those really stagnant bigs that don't do that didn't do a lot a whole lot of anything. Like David Robinson was a defensive monster, one defensive player of the year, you know, at a point, and won an MVP at a point. So, uh, man, that's a that's a tough question because like, the game really, has changed we, so yeah, much. Yeah, you'd really really have to think about that. There's a lot of guys that wouldn't have got you know the burn uh, that they actually got, but. There's a lot of them that were still like really, really good, you know. But it's that's I think that's a tough question to to answer as far as the, the great players back then who would still be good because if you can shoot, you're going to be in the league. So there's a lot of these guys that would still be in the league. But man, that's a tough question. I'd have to really think about that. I just dropped it. On give, you. My, my give, apologies. Give me a couple days. Let me let me <laughs> let me look that up. All right, man. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna play the hater to love it music. Yes. And just do some talking. But yes. first, Lynch has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, apparently, Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s company is filing a lawsuit against one Logan Paul for perhaps taking his hat. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just saw that. Uh, files a hundred twenty million law, a hundred twenty million dollar lawsuit. Rashad Joe is not here. I cannot help you with this conversation. Oh, I was gonna say, do you know who Logan Paul is? Yes. Oh, I, I just, I just vaguely know who he is. He's but, a YouTube guy. Oh, him and his brother are YouTube celebrity douchebags and uh, Fox now. So, I did see that. I know one of them was one of them's about to get beat up by Floyd. I don't know why that they well, want to fighting do that. each other. Yeah, I don't know why he wants to do that though. Like, well, because it's money. Well, I mean, did he not see what happened to Conor McGregor? And he is in UFC, like, all-time great. Like, uh, They're going to do anything for money. That's all that, that's I don't, all Do you is. want to get knocked out for money? Was that Would that be something you did? If you're going to make, in that kind of a fight, if you're going to make, like, $10 million and I had to f- try to fight Floyd Mayweather, probably. For $10 bucks. But to know you're going to get knocked out. I'll just be defensive. But you're going to get knocked out, though. He's going to hit you in the stomach or something like that I'm or something. be defensive. And- I mean, I don't get it, but I got I mean, some padding on my stomach, man. That's what yeah. the beer's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that definitely could work. But honestly, how if you have to fight someone, how 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 long do you anticipate that fight going? Very, 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 very fast. I feel yeah. like I would either do one of two tactics: be really defensive and try not to get hit that bad, and just like wait it out and lose because I didn't do anything, 
or just like try and know that I'm going to lose in three seconds, have it be over with, and then be ten million dollars richer or whatever the whatever the purse is. Man, you'd be like a wow, you'd be a meme or a gif like forever. Like it's just one I'd of those things. I'd lap all the way to the bank. Yeah, I suppose. Who needs social media when you got ten million dollars? I mean, you want to have fun though. Hard to stunt with your ten million dollars after you just got out. Whatever, no one's gonna recognize me anyway. Yeah, it's one fight. I got punched. Give him, give him some time. Hey, you're the guy who got punched. Ha! <laughs> That's me. Well, shoot, man. Do you have I'm a hater love question? Jet. <laughs> Do you have a hater love question? I mean, we can just both answer him. Like, I mean, we don't really have to give any points. Could be fun. Uh, sure. Did Joe leave us some questions? He did not leave us some questions. Man, um, come on, Joe. My first question, and I'm curious about this because it's something I see a lot on my timeline because of where I'm from, but uh, hate it or love it, you think the Knicks can make some noise in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? I love it. Um, I think the Knicks are very well coached. I think Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion, should be the uh, coach of the year. That's just kind of how I feel. I think it's easy to give it to Monty Williams and, and considering, or even uh, Snyder, considering how good those teams have played this year, but... I think we expected the Suns to be better just getting Chris Paul because that's what he does to people. I think the Knicks, nobody expected the Knicks to be even halfway as competitive as they are. And here they are after being like the 10th seed last year. They're the fourth seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. And then the fourth seed with a pretty good record. You know, not an Eastern Conference, you know, fourth seed, but they're a few games over 500, which, you no, know. No, dude, they're 40 and 31. Yeah, so they're, you know, they're a legit. The Blazers are 41 and 30. So, exactly. They have almost the exact same record as the Blazers. And, you know, the Blazers are a top five, top six team in the Western Conference right now. So It does show you the difference that the 40 win is a four seed instead of a six seed. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's kind of, you know, what the Eastern Conference is. But uh, considering how good the East has been this year, like, you got even got teams like, uh, the Hornets that are playing really good basketball, especially behind LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball and stuff like that. But if there's ever going to be a time to make some noise, I think the Knicks are just young and just dumb enough to not know that they're not supposed to be here right now. And so they're just really competing against everybody. Julius Randle should be most improved player this, uh, this year. So they should have two awards going to New York this year. But yeah, I, I think this Knicks team has a real opportunity, especially playing the five seed. And I don't know who that is. Somebody, who's the five seed in? Uh, it is the Hawks. Yeah, right they're now. playing Atlanta. But, but not everything is... Most seeds are kind of up in the op- up in the air right now. There's only like three seeds that are set because the Knicks and the Hawks have the same record. Knicks have the tiebreaker right now. Heat are one game back of both. So all of those teams have a chance to shuffle. But right now, if the playoffs started this second, it would be Knicks-Hawks. And I, I would take the Knicks in that series because the, I, I love the way they play defense. Tom Thibodeau. Although, uh, to be fair... Nate McMillan has made the Hawks play defense too. Nate McMillan has the Hawks playing a whole different. This is the, to me, this is the best coaching job Nate McMillan's ever done. Absolutely, because this Hawks team is just consistently in the in the toilet. I can't remember the last time they were really good. Weren't the was, Hawks pretty mediocre when he got the job there? And yeah. he's pushed them. They into weren't. The they weren't even in the playoff picture, you know, last year. And that's when Trey Young is averaging last year like twenty seven and and like eleven or something stupid last year that he averaged, and they were still bad. And now all of a sudden they're playing so much better. So. Um, Yes, I, I love the Knicks' opportunity this year to really make some noise. And again, they're so young and they're so inexperienced that I don't think they know that they're not supposed to be this good yet. Uh, I, I I kind of agree. It's the defense that's the key for me. If you play good defense, you have a chance to win a playoff series or two. And the Knicks play Tom Thibodeau defense. How many games do you watch with the Knicks where it's like, midway through the fourth quarter and it's like 88 to 86 and when i say watch 
follow along with, Absolutely. right? We're not all just like religiously watching East Coast basketball here, but following along with the game and you're like, man, that, that team's defense is legit. It's, it's old school San Antonio Spurs, you know, defense. You know, before they start, you know, really turning up the heat and running the ball and pass, 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 shoot. Uh, it was, man, lockdown defense. Man, we can win this game if it's 87 to, to 93. Like, they can win games like that. And the Knicks are showing that they can be – they're playing really rugged New York East Coast basketball, and I love it. Yeah, it's uh, – so I, I do believe in them, at least in the first series. And also, Julius Randle is legit. That's the thing him. is, Julius Randle kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, he was – he played at Kentucky. He was a highly regarded recruit, got drafted into the league, and kind of just seemed like a guy who didn't try very hard. Right. It's, he seemed like a guy who would just like, yeah, I know I'm good, but I'm not going to put the effort in. It feels like he started putting the effort in. And now all of a sudden he's become one of the better players in the league, just like that immediately. So I like that they have him. You got year two of RJ Barrett, who, you know, super inconsistent. He kind of seems like a guy who doesn't try that hard all the time. Derek Rose is back there now, too, giving you a little really better well. presence. So there's a there's a lot to like about the Knicks. So, yeah, I would also love it. I think they have a chance to to make some noise. Can I just say this before we move on? Like in the Eastern Conference. Yes. I'm just, I'm just, the, the Lakers have been so fortunate to, to grab some of the guys they grabbed, but if they'd have held on to a lot of their guys, like they've grabbed a bunch of dudes and then they went off and flourished other places. So we forget that Julius Randle played for the Lakers at one point. So did D'Angelo Russell play for the Lakers at a point. Lonzo Ball, uh, uh, Brandon Ingram, like all these guys, you look around, they're, they're all all-stars, you know, at this point. So the Lakers, they've at least been trying to they've, – they've got a good eye for talent. They just – they had a hard, hard time no developing patience. it. They couldn't develop it. Exactly. They had no patience, couldn't develop And I think there's one more that I'm missing that, you know, was drafted as a Laker and then went off and done some amazing things. And so I'm, that's three of four guys. And Lonzo will be an all-star at some point, but not – you know, not now. But, yeah. Tough in the West. Yeah, it's tough in the West. There you go. All right. That's Hater 11. Uh, I came up with one question. I'm a genius. I'm the best. And so Lynch wins. Suck it, Joe. Lynch wins today. So uh, we'll play his music uh, once we come back. Uh, Let's finish up this last segment. That's up to Lynch. Sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, I guess I'm hosting now. <laughs> Interesting show today. Lots of NBA playoff talk. I'm very, very excited and interested for tonight. One of my favorite things that sports has started doing. I don't know. Maybe not started, but I feel like I'm noticing it more. Is the final day of the season. Uh, everything is is happening at the same time. I was actually kind of frustrated because the NBA wanted to put every game in a three-hour window today. Not starting at the same time, but starting anywhere from I think it was noon to three uh, Eastern time and I guess teams complained so they changed it to a normal day where there's 10 and 12 and one and six I don't really know why I'm curious if it's teams complain players or if it's like you know general managers presidents or whoever has you know TV deals whatever the case is I don't know what it is but imagine if all the games were going on at the same time I'd have to get more TVs. But it would just be, it, it 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 adds to the drama because a team doesn't know their fate before the game starts. Right. Now, I think they did a decent job, at least in the West picture that we've been talking about, is all those games are at the same time. You know, Suns are at 11 a.m. 
and that's one that's kind of by itself. And the Grizzlies Warriors is a little bit earlier, but you've got the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Jazz all playing at six. So the Jazz will know. I'm a little upset about that. The Jazz are going to know if they need to play anybody or not. If the Suns win, the Jazz need to win to be the one seed. Right. So they'll know ahead of time. And the Suns play the Spurs, and the Spurs are locked in. The Spurs are resting everybody. So I'm not sure that's going to be much of a tough game. I'm kind of with you on that, you know, just kind of wanting them to not know as they're playing. You know, this way they don't take their foot off the gas or, oh, I'm going to rest my starters tonight or I'm going to do anything like that. Like, no, like, we don't know what's happening in in uh, Denver right now. In Premier League, in a lot of soccer leagues around the world, they've always done this the last day of the season. Every game's at the exact same time. So, you know, for the promotion and relegation battles, there's, you don't know. You just got to play. You got to win. Baseball's been doing this recently where the last day of the season, every game is at the exact same start time. So it's just drama, right? I, I think that is a very smart strategy, and I don't know why the NBA backed out on doing that. Imagine if every single game started at 3 our time, or noon our time, right? You can play a West Coast game at noon. doesn't matter. Every game is at noon. So it's at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, 1 Mountain, 12 Pacific. We'd all go home right now, and we wouldn't leave the couch for for three hours and i think that's why i think they wanted to make sure that they like man, you watch the this game day. then you watch this game because that way you know nba's ratings are through the roof on sunday because now you've instead of just one game or two games we have to go back and forth and see now you can watch every single game that you're supposed to watch and it'll dominate your you know it's a brilliant move it's an nfl type move it's a i guess that move. makes sense it's just it just means that you're not going to get the best from every team because some teams will know they're they're fate already yeah and then that's kind of like, okay, do you want to dominate the whole day or do you want every game to mean something? It's kind of like that kind of balance. Yeah, and something tells me that they don't want to, that, that not knowing factor, the unknowing is not something that owners or team presidents or whomever makes that decision wants to do. I wonder who does make that decision. Like it's teams, yeah, but what does that mean? Like is that like a, is that a front office thing? Is that player saying, no, nah, I want to see what time? I think, I think it's, especially in the NBA, and I'm sure the league probably isn't happy about this. I think it has to do with the fact that the NBA is built in, in a way where teams rest stars. And I think the teams are saying, I'm, if I can rest my players before going into the playoffs, why wouldn't I? And I can't rest my players if I don't know the result beforehand. Now, again, that's not exactly the case because all the teams are playing at six at the same time. But... Maybe that's part of it. I'm just spitballing. I don't actually know the answer. But it seems like the league wants, the teams want to be able to rest their players, which the league for years has been trying to stop by, you know, mandating national TV games. You have to play your stars or you and can't if I do go, the load management thing in, in as, as much bulk. Because guess what? If I go to see Denver play and Jokic decides, oh, I'm not playing today because that's the ticket I bought. And then he decides I'm not playing today because I'm resting for the playoffs. I'm kind of pissed about that. And I kind of want my money back. Just being, just being real, it's probably not going to happen, but it should happen. Like That's like if you go to a concert and you expect it for X person to be there and then you get to the concert and find out, oh, yeah, they decided they're not they're not coming tonight. But that's the whole reason I bought the ticket to the concert. Like I kind of want my money back because I don't want to see this person. That does happen, too. It happens some, a lot. Some artists are like that. It's kind of annoying. And some you know venues will 
here's a refund. Like, for anybody that wants a refund, just come to the front and we'll make that happen for you. But I think there should be, like, a refund for people that are like, hey, man, I came to see uh, came to see LeBron play tonight, and he's not playing because of low management. That's a problem. Like, I want my money back. There is a, just another side thought just from thinking about this is I think the play-in thing in the, in the wild card game in baseball is smart, and it creates a lot of drama. But I think that we've kind of reached this this point in sports where you almost have to protect the teams that made the playoffs a little bit too. Yes. If you are in the play in turn, if you are a seven seed, if you are the Lakers, if you're the Blazers, if they lose today and the Lakers win, you're a playoff team that has a chance to lose two games and not be in the playoffs. That's kind of unfair. It makes the rest of your season seem like it was just for no reason. Exactly. So. Like, Ha ha ha. The Blazers make the playoffs and lose in four games anyway. Ha 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 ha. True, right? They get swept. But at least they have a chance in a regular series that they earned a chance to be in that series. And there is a there's a part of me that loves it because it's fun and it's really intense. And there's a part of me that hates it because it's 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 punishing those teams for no reason. And how many games within like range you have to be like if you're a ninth place team you have to be in how no, it's just seven and through ten there's, that's no, silly. there's no games within. and that's what i'm saying i think that's silly now i could totally understand having a playing game if you're like within like a game and a half two games like the okay. spurs are 33 and 38 yeah that's not someone that's not and a team the i want to see in the playoffs seed, and they're going to be in the playing tournament that's not a team I, and we've complained so much about the eastern conference being so bad and watching these playoff series that you don't really care about because it's too 33 win teams that are playing against these these juggernauts. So it's it's not fun basketball to watch. Well, sometimes. in the East, so we'll see. the eight, nine, and ten are all 33 and 38. And we we you know we've seen this in the East before, where the bottom two seeds are under 500 recently. But that you're now including three under 500 teams into your potential playoff picture. Yeah, I, I think honestly it's that's a little strange. The, that's where the play in, and I understand where LeBron and everybody else is you know frustrated about that, but. I mean, like, it's, if you, I can understand if you're within two games of the eighth spot, okay, maybe there's be a playing game for that between those two teams. But, but I mean, even then, ten doesn't games, that hurt the regular five season? Games, I think so. I beat you by two games in the regular season, so I'm in. No, no, uh, you get two chances to beat me. I got it for the bubble. It made sense in the bubble. It was a strange season. It was disjointed. It was a kind of a time for experimenting. And I trust me, I understand it for the drama. Yeah, I just think but it I be don't. Ninth. I don't think it it's fair for the for the teams in the regulars. I think it should only be eight nine, and it should only be the case if they're like two games out of the eighth spot. I think that's the only time that that makes sense. Well, Lynch, man, thank you for kind of letting me uh be in the captain's chair, man. Appreciate uh, it. Joe's out again in a couple weeks, I think. So we could do it again if you'd like. Man, it's up I to you. Definitely want to do it again. It's always fun to do it here. So we'll, uh, we'll be back next week, nine to eleven. Joe will be back, right? I'm with it. So uh, we'll be back. We'll be in the playoffs. We'll be, I think, either the playoffs will begin on Saturday or they'll begin on the following Monday. So we'll either have the playoff matchups, we can react to the play-in game in the tournament and see if we changed our mind after watching it. And Those we'll have stuff to talk about. Those errors. So that'll be next week, yeah. Blazers win today. They're in the 6 or 5. So go Blazers, 6 p.m. tonight against the Nuggets. Bunch of other games to keep an eye on there as well. Lakers play, Mavericks play, Clippers play. Uh, jazz play if the Suns win they need to win as well so lots of lots of drama and at 12:30, Warriors Grizzlies for the eighth seed that's gonna be a big big game we'll see you guys next week 9 to 11 have a very good rest of your week